Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that time of worship and that you feel uh, ministered to and that God touched your heart and uh, that you had an opportunity to touch heaven. We're going to jump right into our message today as we wrap up our series from the grave. Before we do, though, I want to share something real big with you. Uh, so far throughout this season of this, the coronavirus, uh, we have responded and set up services that have started at 10 a.m., all the way through 4 p.m., seven services a day. And so we've been monitoring that and watching the metrics to see when you have been participating in service. And here's what we've discovered. You have let us know through your participation and your comments that you would be okay with a 10 a.m. service, a 12 p.m. service. And there's are those of you that are working still on Sunday mornings and would love to have an online live experience at 6 p.m. So that's what we're going to do starting next week. That's right, May 3rd, Sunday, nope, excuse me, Sunday, May 10th. Today's May 3rd. Uh, May 10th, we will start having service at 10 a.m., at 12 p.m., and at 6 p.m. for you to be able to engage and enjoy together as a community. So Make note of that. That's for next week. This week, we're staying the course, but I just want to share that with you. It's super exciting to be able to hear your voice and for us to be able to respond to it. So having said that, let's jump into what we're talking about today as we wrap up the series. And here's what we've been doing if you haven't been along for the ride with us is we've ultimately been talking about death. And I know that's not a fun subject, but that's the topic of our series, From the Grave. It's it's all about talking about things that have dead and have been given life back again. And here's the thing. We find that in Jesus. We find that the only way for dead things to resurrect or come back to life, things that are dead, things that are long gone, things that we've thought could never ever have life again are finding life in Jesus. Jesus said this about himself. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. If you believe, even though you die, you'll live. What he's saying is, he's not just talking about a physical death, that we know that if we're Christ followers here on this earth, that when we die, we wind up in eternity in heaven and a new heaven, a new earth, and forever with Jesus and and with the Father. That's not just what he's speaking about. What he's talking about is things that are dead and or are are dying in your life. That can be your relationships, it can be your emotions, it can be your mental health. There's lots of things that could be dying in your life. And Jesus said, I'm the resurrection for them. I'm the life. Those things that you thought were long gone, I'm gonna bring them back. In fact, that's our key verse uh, for this whole series. It's Revelations 1.18. I'm already encouraged, by the way. My heart's already being lifted because of, of where we're at. I hope that you are too. Here we go. Revelations 1.18. You can check out the verses over here. Click on my notes. It says, I am he who lives. Jesus talking. He said, I, was, I live and was dead, and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and death. So what he's saying is, is that, that I've got the key. In other words, I've got the secret to unlock death in your lives today. See, Jesus didn't conquer death, hell, and the grave just for himself. He did it for us so that the things that were dead in our lives could come back to life again. And so we've been talking in this series about the death of our dreams. We've been talking about the death uh, of our uh, belief. We've been talking about the death of our joy and our laughter. And today we're going to talk about the most serious kind of death. And this one's important. And the reason why we'll talk about it is because it's so common 
to experience spiritual death. In fact, it's the common experience for every single one of us because, some of, because all of us are going through some kind of spiritual death or dying right now. That's your experience. You are either spiritually dead because you've never connected with God and have a relationship with him or you're walking with God right now. You have a relationship with him but it just feels like you're struggling in it. And, and here's the thing. We've all been there. As a lifelong believer, there is an ebb and flow of your relationship. Feels like, man, you're struggling in that relationship. Everything, everything feels like it's really hard to be in a relationship with God. And then things are going really well. You're on fire. You're praising God. You're sharing your faith. You're growing. And then you dip back down and you feel like you're struggling in that relationship. It's an, it's an ebb and flow of every relationship, not just with God. And you'll feel like, man, there's, there's these good times with God where you're feeling breakthrough, like he's answering every prayer you pray. And then there's times that you'll feel like, man, every prayer you're praying is just hitting the ceiling. It's not even making, up, making it up to heaven. Today's message is for anyone who is dead or is in the process of dying spiritually. And if you're sitting there saying, okay, this message isn't for me, click, I'm gonna change the, I'm gonna change the channel. I'm gonna encourage you to stay with us and take notes because if you're not experiencing spiritual death today, if you're not spiritually dying or already dead, someday you will be. And I know that you want me to be encouraging. I'm just being a realist with you. I'm, being, I'm sure that that is gonna happen because of the ebb and flow and the nature of relationships. So you're gonna need this information. You're gonna need these notes for someday. So here we go. Let's jump into scripture because here's the thing. Scripture has strong warnings for us. It's specifically strong warning for us about the end of times. And if you don't believe we're in the end of times, look at what's going on in the world around us right now. We are in it, man. The majority of the prophecies, all of them have come to pass. The things that Jesus said were happening are already happening right now. It's just a matter of when God wants to come back and get us and send Jesus to snatch us up, right? So here's the thing. There's scripture that gives us warning about the end times. And in Revelation, that's the end of the book of the Bible, uh, it talks about the, the seven letters that were sent to the modern day church, which by the way, since we're in the end times, that makes us the modern day church. And in one of those letters, the letter to Sardis, it says this, it's Revelation chapter three, verse one through three. It says, to the angel of the church in Sardis, right? These are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. In other words, God knows what you're doing. He, he sees what you're doing, knows that you're doing well, that you're reading your Bible, that you're praying, that you're, you're finding uh, hurts that are out there and you're healing them, you're seeing needs that are out there and you're meeting them. He, he knows that you're striving in your relationship for him. He sees that. But he says, you have a reputation of being alive. So that's what everybody else says about you. Your reputation in and among the community, around other believers and around outsiders is that you are alive, man, that there is a vibrancy, a life that's inside of you. He said, but you are dead. So what he's talking about here is a secret death, that you're ultimately wearing a mask of spiritual health and everything seems good on the outside, but you're struggling spiritually. And let me just say this, if that's you right now, if I'm talking to you, there's a way for you to request prayer right now. Request prayer right now. If you're spirit experiencing spiritual death, click the button, get some prayer. We're here to pray with you and we wanna do that. So do that right now. Expose that issue in your life, man, because man, as soon as you start talking about it, as soon as you share it, that's when things can begin to change for you. So click that button. 
Say, I'm, I'm experiencing some spiritual death in my life, and I want you to pray with me. But the verse goes on after he says, you're, you're spiritual, but you are dead. He says, wake up. So here's the wake up call. Strengthen what remains and is about to die, for I've not found your deeds complete in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard, obey it and repent. But if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what time I will come to you. So as we look at this, this is a strong warning. He's identifying those of us that are experiencing spiritual death and are just hanging out in it, that are doing nothing about it. He's calling us to repentance, but he's like, if you don't, Here's, you're going to miss out on what God has for you. So we're going to look at it this week. And we're gonna, what we're going to do is my attempt here in the beginning is to expose some of the causes of spiritual death. Because I think the best way to correct anything is to figure out what's causing the problem. So that way, whatever's pulling you back, we can deal with that. And then I'm going to share with you some practical things that will help you move the ball forward. So that you can take some steps towards spiritual health, spiritual life. And uh, again, so... That's what we're gonna do today. So, and, and the way we're gonna do this is we're gonna look at it through the life of King David. He's a very popular character of the Bible. He's very well known. Uh, in the Bible, he's identified as somebody who's a man after God's own heart. Like David seemed to have it all. He had this great relationship with God. He wrote a whole bunch of songs to him. He was a very beloved king. You know, Jesus' bloodline follows King David, and David found lots of favor with God. He did amazing things in his life. He was a mighty warrior. He was a king. He was beloved, man. And David had this relationship, though, with God that was kind of up and down. Man, it was like all over the place, emotionally, relationally. You know, David sinned against God in terrible ways and yet found God's grace and his mercy. And man, you know what? David was often excited about his relationship with God. And you can see that all throughout the Bible, specifically throughout the book of Psalms and the songs that he wrote. He was excited about his relationship with God, but he also struggled on a regular basis. And that's why I like David, because I can identify with him. And if you're there too, if you're in that place like David, you're, it's common. And here's my hope, is that you'll get a lot out of today's message. Because the secret, again, to understanding death is to, to expose how it happens. So here's the first way that spiritual death happens in our lives. First thing is constant testing and temptation. Constant testing and temptation. This is the unrelenting trials that seem to just keep on coming in our life. And the truth is, all of us go through temptation and through testing. I mean, we live here on earth. As long as we're here in this fallen world, we're going to have trials and tribulations. As long as there's a devil, there's going to be temptation. There, there's going to be that kind of stuff. But sometimes that trial and temptation just feels like more than what you usually experience. If you've ever experienced that, share over here in the comments that you know what I'm talking about. Give me an amen, a hallelujah, or whatever. Just let us know. You know what I'm talking about. There's just times in your life when it feels like, man, this is just way more than I'm used to. David said this in Psalm 143, verses three through six. The enemy pursues me. He crushes me to the ground. He makes me dwell in darkness like those long dead. So my spirit grows faint within me. My heart within me is dismayed. You know, here's the thing. If you're experiencing this right now in your life, if you're experiencing this overwhelming, this unrelenting trial and temptation, this, these constant tests, I don't believe that it's by coincidence. I believe that the enemy brings the heaviest temptations and trials when he feels like you're onto something, when he feels like God's moving in your life, when he feels like you're doing well, when he feels like you're a threat 
scriptures. You need to understand this is a spiritual war, and he has waged war against God, and the and the the uh, the spirit or the casualty of war spiritually is you. He is out to kill, steal, and destroy your life. So when you are on, on the right path, when you are doing well and making a difference in other people's lives and growing spiritually, of course more trials and temptation are coming your way. Of course he's attacking you more. He wants to tear down the strongholds so that he can destroy more of God's kingdom. Come on, somebody. You need to get on board for that. That is the truth of your life. He's targeting you because you are snatching people from the fire. That's what's going on. That's why James tells us in James chapter one, to count it all joy when trials and tribulations come your way. Why? Because God's up to something. So be encouraged. I know that sounds funny in the middle of trials and tests and tribulations to be encouraged, but that's, that's where we need to be. But this unrelenting stuff is what causes spiritual death in our lives. Or how about this one? Second one is personal trauma. Do you know what trauma is? It's a deeply distressing or disturbing experience. Sadly, many of us have experienced trauma we, and we've experienced it in a lot of different ways in our lives. We've experienced trauma from parents, trauma in our relationships, trauma from authority figures, uh, trauma physically in our bodies, in our emotions because of unkind words that people have said, lies that they have spoken over our lives. Man, we've experienced traumas and tragedies. That's just life, though. Like, if you just look at it, it's not that you're a terrible person. It's not that you deserve these things. That's life. Trauma happens to every single one of us. We're all prone to experience it. Sometimes we cause that trauma. Sometimes someone else caused that trauma. Sometimes it just happened because that's what happens in life. It can be unexpected loss. It can be rapid decline. It can be sudden circumstances, an unexplained response. Like, holy cow, we're in the middle of trauma right now and a tragedy. The coronavirus has robbed us all of something so incredibly valuable. Our freedoms, our relationships, some of it has even robbed us of our health. Some of it has robbed us of our loved ones. We're in the middle of experiencing trauma and tragedy. And the thing that's, that's different about this is we're all experiencing it together. The result has been this terrible, disturbing experience, trauma. When you're faced with tragedy, when you're faced with trauma, you have a choice. And the choice is clear that you can either run to the Father or you can run away from him. You can hide it, you can hold on to it, or you can give it to him. David said this in Psalm 61 too, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to a rock that is higher than I. Some of you today, you'd identify, my heart's overwhelmed, Darren. I've gone through some experience. I've gone through some trauma. I've gone through some pain. Maybe it started with corona. Maybe it was happening before corona. Maybe it happened years ago when you were a child. Maybe it's happened in a marriage relationship that just fell apart and you had divorced. Maybe you've experienced financial bankruptcy. Maybe addiction has robbed you of everything and you've experienced betrayal and hurt and loss. I have no idea. But if your heart is overwhelmed today, I do know this. I know that you can set your eyes on Jesus. You can set your eyes on something stable because you know what's not stable? My mind, your mind. Can I get an amen over here? For real. Our minds are not stable because when stuff like this happens, we, sit, we tend to ruminate. We tend to just spin the wheels and ask why and try to reconcile it and analyze it. We're so unstable. And what we need most is a stable place to rest. And that's Jesus Trauma and tragedy. The third thing is bombardment from others. Man, people just be dropping bombs on you. You know what I'm saying? 
Seriously, it's these personal attacks left and right. There's just mean people in this world and they're mean for no other reason other than to just be mean. It's like they went to growth track and at step two, they took the spiritual assessment and their gift was to ruin everybody else's life and just be mean, right? Like you know people like that. Now don't say their names, don't point at them, especially if they're in the room with you right now. That's rude, but, but understand, like you know this. You know there are people that are just mean. And you feel the weight of that. You feel like, like the comment section of your life is under attack. No matter what you do, nothing is ever good enough for some people. You'll never be pretty enough. You'll never be successful enough. You'll never be spiritual enough for some people. And they're just mean girls. They're just, you can't sit with them. They won't let you. And this constant bombardment from people and the personal attacks will drain you. David said this in Psalm 109.3. With words of hatred, they surround me. They attack me without cause. You didn't even do anything to them. You're just minding your own business, living life, following Jesus, doing whatever, and people attacking you. And some of you are drained because of the criticism, because of the comment section of your life. Do you know that that, that draining is, is so hard because do you know what? In order to undo that draining, do you know that it takes five likes to undo one dislike in your comment section of your life? Do you know that? It takes five positive statements to kill one negative statement in your life. And unfortunately, we're not surrounded by people all the time that, that have those positive comments, that give us those likes. We feel the weight of it in our life, and it's draining us. And some of you, in your life, you've only been getting dislikes. People just keep clicking dislike. They're emoting and clicking that they're angry, or they're sad about what you're doing or what's going on. And you can't understand it. You're following God. You're honoring him. People dropping bombs. Here's another thing that leads to spiritual death is working without rest. Man, it's really easy to do in this season, isn't it? Some of you have experienced this and you understand it. You know, we talk a lot about it here as a church. I've done multiple series on it and I talk to you about your need for rest. But in this new season of coronavirus where so many of us have shifted and have started working from home, it's so easy to keep on working because work never stops. We have no commute. We're already home. We can be cooking and eating. We can be watching TV and, and uh, sorry, we, we can be cooking and working. We can be watching TV and working. We could be doing leisurely stuff and working because work is through emails, it's through Zoom conferences, it's through all these different things, and it's so easy just to say yes to it because what else do you have to do with your time? But the problem with that is, is if you keep on working, you're gonna drain yourself. In fact, if you found that this new environment has been conducive to you being tired all the time, to you being drained without any kind of explanation, if you've been experiencing this I can work all the time thing and it's easy to do, share over here in the comments. Don't leave me hanging here. Let everybody know this is true. For me, the first couple weeks of this, I, I was working from sunup till sundown, and I was, I'm like, I'm justifying it because I'm doing the Lord's work, I'm neglecting time with my family, I'm on Zoom calls, I'm listening to this seminar, I'm trying to figure out how, to, how do we respond and adjust and adapt and build skill and do these things that we value, but what I valued, what I needed to value the most was some rest. What I needed to value the most was a time to cease, to trust God that I'm gonna give 100% during these hours, and after that, I'm gonna trust you with the rest, but I didn't. In the first couple weeks, I was, I was experiencing burnout. I was dying inside. I didn't wanna pray. I didn't wanna read my Bible. I was just like, oh, God, I'm just so tired. Tears were at, the, at my eyes at all times. Like, I could just feel in there, and at any moment, I could cry at the blink of an eye. Like, it just happened, and I, was, I felt like I was crying for no reason. And I'm like, holy cow, I'm working without end here. I'm not resting, 
I'm not honoring my Sabbath, which is a full day off. And I'm not having a time during the day where I, I stop working. And so I fix that. I, after five o'clock, I don't work anymore. I, 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 don't, I don't take appointments. I'll say no. I, that's great that there's, I'm honored you want me to be a part of your important meetings. And that's really great. I, I, if I can figure it out how to flex my schedule so that I, I, I'm able to be at that meeting, I will. But in general, my workday ends at 5 p.m. And I don't work on Saturdays. I've got a Sabbath, and that's a hard and fast rule. I won't respond to an email. I won't read anything in, our, in Basecamp, which is a, 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 an app we use to organize ourselves and communicate with one another. I'm not touching it. And some of you, you're in the same place. You've been neglecting your rest. Because, and here's the thing. Here's the thing about rest. Rest takes trust. Trust what? Trust that God can do more with six days than you can do in seven Trust that God can do more with those 16 hours of the day that you're going to rest and spend time with your family and, and invest in important things. And you, you spend eight hours at work. That's fine. But give the rest to God. Give the rest to your other priorities. Take time to rest and be rejuvenated regularly. David said this, Psalm 63, 1 through 2. One through two oh God, you are my God. I earnestly seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry, spiritually dead, by the way, and weary land where there is no water. Here's what will happen. Working without rest will cause cynicism within you. It'll cause anger to develop within you. You don't have to do everything that, that you're invited to do. You don't have to participate in every Zoom call you're invited to be on. You can say no. No is a complete sentence. Protect yourself. Protect your priorities. Protect your rest and your Sabbath. You don't have to give a reason when you tell somebody no. No is enough. Let it be sufficient. Now, here's the thing. I'm not just saying this about work. I'm also saying it's, it's, it's not just about what you say no to and saying no to work. It's also about what you're saying yes to that restores and refills you and, and, and renews you. So, so things like grow groups, things like Fellowship Friday that we do, that, that is just a fun time to gather together uh, in this time when we're not allowed to be together, when we're supposed to be quarantined and, 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 uh, and hunkering down in our homes. Um, things like Bible study at 11, 11 a.m. on Monday through Friday, you know, making, making time for things that renew and restore you, or even our boredom busters that are at 1 p.m. every day. They're silly, but they're fun. They, they renew and restore you. They give you something to laugh at and take your mind off of work for a time. Like, you need to figure out what that looks like. We're providing avenues for you, but Make sure you're saying yes to things that renew and restore you. You've got hobbies. You've got things that you want to do. You've got things that you enjoy. You've got relationships, people to pick up the phone and talk to. Make sure that, man, you take a rest. and You find rest for your soul, rest for your mind, and rest for your heart. Stop working without rest. Make time for it every week and every day. Another thing that drains you, and this one's a big one, man, is guilt and shame. Because here's the deal. Some of you right now are living with a secret life. You're living a life that no one else knows about. Maybe one other person knows about it. I, I have no idea. But it's somebody that you're doing something with that you, you don't want anybody else to know about it. Maybe that's drugs or alcohol. Maybe it's an affair. Maybe it's, it's illicit behavior or illegal behavior. I have no idea. Maybe it's just your thought life. Maybe it, it's, it's your attitude towards something. But there is some part of you that, that is not in line with who you appear to be to everyone else. And you have guilt and you have shame about that thing. David said this in Psalm 38, for my guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden 
too heavy to bear. And some of you feel that way today. That guilt and that shame is heavy in your life. And I want you to be free from that. You need to be free from that. You can be free from that. The truth today is that you're only as sick as your secrets. So here's what I I believe. God has a plan for you. God will forgive you. You know that already. You've probably talked to him about it. But the the deal is, is you still, 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 excuse me, feel the weight, that guilt and shame. You know he's forgiven you, but for whatever reason, it's still here. And here's the thing you need to know. James chapter five, verse 16 tells us, confess your sins one to another. It's not about just you and God. God will forgive you, but he has a plan for you to find freedom, to find healing from the pain of the sin that you've entangled yourself with. He said, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. Like you wanna see that shift and change in your life, you can request prayer right now. Those prayers are confidential. They're between you and our pastors and host team that are praying for you. They want to pray with you. They want to give you space to do that. So do that now. Click live prayer or request prayer right now. We, we wanna be able to do that with you. You can be free today. You can make a decision. So get free of your guilt and your shame. Confess it to God and someone else. Now here's the thing. All these things drain us spiritually. And if you're in this place, if you're in a place where you're spiritually dead or you're dying and your spiritual life feels dry, Jesus said this about himself. He said he has living water, that he is it. He is that water that you can drink if you feel dry. So here's what we have to do. We have to learn to take in living water. There's this amazing story in the Bible uh, of Abraham. uh, And uh, Abraham says this, it was... um, a story of Abraham and, and Sarah and his uh, nursemaid, Hagar. And uh, it, in this situation, Hagar was Sarah's uh, maid and Sarah couldn't get pregnant. We talked about this a few weeks ago. And Sarah says to Abraham, hey, go marry her, have a kid with her. And so he does. And it wasn't the child God promised him. And so Sarah eventually winds up getting jealous when she has her own child. God miraculously provides a child for her and says, you know, you got to get Hagar and Ishmael out of here. So that's what Abraham has to do. He has to banish them from his land and from where he's staying. And Hagar goes out uh, to do that, and what, what ultimately happens is she places the child underneath the tree, and she's like, she's ready to die, and um, she calls out to God, and God says, you know, there's, there's an oasis nearby, and she turns, and she looks, and she sees that there was an oasis there all along, and here's what I believe. I believe that each one of us, we, that we find ourselves in this dry place, which, which, by the way, is symbolic all throughout the Bible, for being a spiritually dead place, a place where you're experiencing spiritual death. And he, he's, he's, we are just like her, that we're experiencing this dry place and all we have to simply do to discover the way out to experience life again is to, to acknowledge where we're at and to look over and to see it. That's my goal for you today. My goal is for you to see that, that Jesus is here. He is available to you if you're experiencing spiritual death. I want that for you. I want you to experience God's life-giving spring of water, which is Jesus. That's what I want for you. So let's go to scripture. It's here at the end of the Bible. This is the last thing that I'll share with you. And this is also the last thing uh, that the... the um, the, the Bible says, this is the last thing in Revelation 22, it says, the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come, whoever is thirsty, let him come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift, check it out, of the water of life. 
man, you need that water of life. That is my hope for you, is that you, just like Hagar, you're sitting out here in the middle of a desolate area, that you recognize your condition, I'm spiritually dead or I'm spiritually dying, and I need the water, and that's so that you see how to get it. So what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna kind of give you a couple breadcrumbs. I'm gonna lead you to it, but you know what? Here's the thing, it's up to you to do this and to act this out in your life. I can want this for you all I want. I can pray it for you, which I'm praying it for you. I can believe it for you, but you have to take the steps. So here's the deal. Let me share this with you. This is from Isaiah 55. You'll see these different points. I'm gonna, I'm gonna share the whole section of verse with you and then we'll come back to them and I'll point out what I see in them. There's, there's three things in it that are really important for you. But uh, it says this, Isaiah 55, one through seven says, is anyone thirsty? Come and drink, even if you have no money. Watch this. Come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me, and you will eat what is good. You will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. That's what I want for you. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you the unfailing love I promised to David. That's David, King David, we've been talking about. He said, see how I used him to display my power among the peoples. I made him a leader among the nations. You also will command nations you do not know and peoples unknown to you will come running to obey because I, the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel have made you glorious. You know what he means by all that? If you're willing to take a drink, everybody will notice. Everybody around you will notice. They'll say, what happened to you? You'll say, well, I I went to church today. I got a drink. I read my Bible today. I got a drink. I made a difference in someone's life today. I got a drink. I took a drink from something that gave me life. Verse six says, seek the the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God for he will forgive generously. So there's three things, I'll give them to you real quick from this passage that I believe will help you as you look to see how do I take a drink. Here's how you do it, here's how you, this week, my title before was believe again, was dream again, laugh again, this week I'm gonna tell you to drink again. Now I don't mean to drink like, you know, drink obviously from a bottle of alcohol, I, I mean drink from the living waters, the life that Jesus has for you today. So here's, Three things from this passage that will help you. First one, if you're taking notes, write this down. Don't leave Jesus on red. You say, Aaron, what in the world does that mean? Well, if you've got a, got a phone and you text somebody, it'll say down below it, it'll say delivered. And then if you've got notifications turned on, uh, when you read it, it tells the person on their screen on their phone, read. It means they've read it. To leave somebody on red means that you read what they said and you didn't even respond to it. You just left them hanging. My teens say this all the time. They're like, he left me on red. I can't believe. Why do they, they get mad about it? It's upsetting to them that, that there was something they extended to someone, an invitation to go to a party or to hang out or to do something or, hey, I think you're pretty or whatever it may be. And the person reads it and says nothing back. So don't leave Jesus on red. He's extending an invitation to you. He's saying, come and drink. Come and get it. It's all free. It's here for you. Respond to his invitation. He's invited you to a life, to a full and fulfilled life. So in other words, it's your move, not God's. He's made all the moves. He's done everything. He's finished the work. He's extending the invitation today. And many of you, 
I hope, my, my hope is, is that you don't walk away from this and do nothing because the oasis is here. You, like Hagar, you've just got to turn your head and see it. You've got to acknowledge it. You've got to respond to it. Choose to see it, to go to it, and accept the invite because God is appealing to you today. So don't leave Jesus on red. Second thing, share your location with God. Share your location with God. You know, uh, um, later last year, I made some adjustments to my phone and uh, I was messing around with my profile and whatever I did, I didn't do it intentionally, but I stopped sharing my location with my wife on my phone because it's got that find my iPhone thing so that if you lose your iPhone, it can locate you. Well, the thing is, is when you've got a family plan, you can see where every single one of your kids are for accountability purposes. You can see where your spouse is. You know, you know they're driving down your road to get home or they're at the grocery store or whatever. And uh, for some reason, somehow I had turned off sharing my location. And I did it and, and I did it unintentionally, but sometimes when you do it like through a text message, it gives you a message. Aaron has stopped sharing his location with you. And man, that was painful. When she discovered she couldn't see where I was anymore, she called me up like, what is the deal? What are you hiding? Why is there this distance and this gap between us? What is the break in our relationship? Because sharing your relationship with someone is a sign of intimacy, or sharing your location with someone is a sign of intimacy with them. It speaks to the closeness. It speaks to trust. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust you. I'm gonna be wide open with you. There's intimacy, into me see. You're gonna see everything I'm doing, everything, every place that I'm going. It speaks to the depth of the relationship. And some of you, you need to share your location with God again. You need to let God back into your life. You need to get close to him again. Start sharing your location. What does that mean? Well, it may mean that you just simply need to renew your relationship. Go back to the things that used to bring you life and do them again. Many of you have basic spiritual habits that you, for whatever reason, have abandoned. You stopped reading your Bible, you stopped praying, you stopped worshiping, and you just need to get back to those things. You need to fast again. You need to serve again. You need to give again. You need to attend a group. You need to share Jesus with somebody. Whatever that is, those things you used to do that used to give you life, you need to renew that relationship. Some of you, it's not just about renewing your relationship. You're still doing those things. Some of you just need to try something new the way that you renew your relationship is, is because you've been praying the same old prayer in the same old place, doing the same old routine. And what you need to do in your relationship with God is just shake it up a bit. This works in your marriage relationships and in your friendships. You can do this. So shake up your relationship with God. Go for a walk and pray. Go to a park and read your Bible. Get up earlier in the morning. Like find a way. Fast longer than you've ever fasted before. Fast something different than you've ever fasted before. Worship with your hands lifted high instead of down here or in your pockets. Like take a step to shake up your relationship with God. Share your faith with somebody. Invite somebody to church. Like do something new in your relationship to make it renewed. There's ways that you can do this to renew the relationship. So don't leave Jesus on red. Share your location with God. And some of you, though, even if you do those things, there's something that's standing in the way of the relationship. And ultimately, here's the third thing you need to do. You need to get rid of your side piece. Uh-oh, you said side piece. Aaron, what is a side piece? For those of you that are uninformed, I went to the Everwise Google machine, and I typed in side piece, and I asked it to define me. And here it is. The side piece is your partner's other relationship. In other words, they're cheating. The side piece isn't typically a one-night stand or random hookup. It's an ongoing affair. In other words, the affair isn't necessarily a sustainable relationship. Wow. Wow. You say, Aaron, I'm not having an affair. 
Oh, yes, you are. You're having a spiritual affair. You're having, a, you're having an affair on God. See, because here's the thing. The way that you have a relationship with God is that he's number one in your life. And if he's not, it's called idolatry. When something else sits on the throne of your heart, because God, by his very nature, will not play second fiddle to anything in this world. So when we have something else that we are doing, something else that holds our love and our affection higher than God, we're cheating on him. It's our side piece. It's that thing that compromises our relationship with God. And ultimately, because you're allowing that thing to stay in your life, you're sabotaging your relationship with God. It doesn't mean he loves you any less. It just means you're not gonna go any further in your relationship with God until you decide to deal with your side piece. And it's time that you decide God's gonna have that number one place in your heart. So what does this mean? Getting rid of your side piece equals repent from the stuff that's standing in the way. Turn away from it. Isaiah 55, six through seven, this is what it says, seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he's near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God for he will forgive generously. That's our God. Man, he's gracious. He's not mad at you for what you've done. He knows about your side piece and he still hasn't struck you with thunder. That's the thing. And your side piece doesn't have to be an affair. It can be a thought pattern. It can be something that you're secretly doing, something that you're watching, something that you're clicking on, something that you're allowing into your life. It could certainly be an affair. It could be an emotional affair. It could be a physical affair, a sexual affair. Man, it could be all kinds of things that you're allowing into your life, the words that you're saying, the secret things that you're keeping in place. And it's time for you to turn away from them. God's not mad at you. In fact, the moment that you confess them to God, that's the best part of his day. The time that you repent from them and say, God, I'm not gonna do these anymore. I'm gonna get rid of them. I'm gonna get out of that relationship. I'm gonna end that, that thing. Now, by the way, when I'm talking about a relationship, I'm not talking about your spouse. You're married. That's a covenant relationship. You said, well, honey, he said, I, I had to let you go. So no, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I am not talking about your spouse. I'm talking about that relationship that is bringing you down. I'm talking about that relationship that is standing in the way of you and your relationship with God. Or maybe it's something, something else, whatever it may be, you gotta get rid of it. It's time to get rid of your side piece. Turn away from it. And if you do, God will respond with his favor, with his grace, with his mercy, to, he loves to give you a do-over. So here's the thing today. If you're spiritually dry, if you're in a dry place, if you're spiritually dead, spiritually dying, God has life for you. I believe that for you today. And here's your opportunity. It's time to respond. It's time to get close and to renew. And it's time to get rid of the, thing, rid of the things that compromise your relationship with him. It's time to repent. So let's pray. Father, today I pray that you would just speak to us. I pray, God, that, that in our dry and desolate situation, Lord, where we find ourselves spiritually dead or spiritually dying, that we would hear your voice clearly. Because, Lord, we're, we're in that dry place. We just need you to tell us, where do we look? How do we do it? And so, God, I, I pray that you would speak to each one of our hearts, Lord, to help us understand our current condition, Lord, so that we can respond to it, so that we can do something different. We can take steps where we refresh and renew our relationship with you as we pursue you. So God, we ask you to do that. We ask you to meet us right where we are and we ask you, God, to let us drink from your life-giving waters again. And Lord, here's my prayer because oftentimes, unless it's like this overt and obvious uh, sin that is in our life, this thing that is getting in the way of our relationship, sometimes we just need you to show us. So Holy Spirit, 
Search our hearts. David prayed that. Search our hearts. Show us any way within us that offends you. Show us an attitude. Show us a motivation. Show, show us our racism. Lord, Lord show us our, our, um, our, our issues that are deep-rooted within us. Show us those sins that we're not even aware of, God. Convict us of them. And help us in the repentance process to turn away from them, to find someone to talk to about it, to be bold in that, and to find healing as we, as we pursue a stronger relationship with you. God, anything that's standing in the way, we ask you to, to reveal to us. In Jesus' name, we pray that. Now, there's some of you, and I'm just looking right at you, right into the camera right now. Today is your day for you to start a relationship with God. You're spiritually dead. Thing is, we've all, we were all born spiritually dead. We were all born with a sin nature. And that sin nature, that, that, that sin, by the way, is just us doing things our own way. Us doing things our way instead of God's way. It's missing the mark of God's best for our lives. We were all born with a sin nature and all of us were born with a tendency to follow it. And all of us, because of this sin, were born with a gap between us and God. And we are his creation. We are his beloved creation. He wants to be in relationship with us. In the beginning, he, we, are, we were designed to walk with him, to be with him. And the way that we had that relationship restored is that we have to pay for our sins. You say, Aaron, I don't even know how to do that. The good news is you don't have to. God sent his son Jesus to live a perfect and sinless life. He's the only one that walked this earth that never, ever sinned. He gave up his life freely. He died on a cross brutally. He rose from the dead after three days. And when he did that, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. He conquered sin so that you and I could be forgiven and restored to a relationship with God. Today can be your day where you are spiritually dead and raised to life, to a new life in Christ, a new life that God has for you, one where you experience his life-giving waters, where, man, you have life flowing to every part, every area of your life, and it'll be his life. And the way you do that is by simply saying, I give up, I surrender. I'm gonna receive Jesus. I'm gonna let him be Lord. That means he's gonna be in charge. That means that you gotta do what he says. And trust me, I know that that might be a struggle at first, but you'll find that his ways are better. You'll find that his ways are healthy and they lead to life at every turn. So if you're ready today, if you're ready to say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Jesus, I wanna accept the sacrifice that you made on the cross for me so that I can be forgiven, start a relationship with God. There's a, there's a banner right below me right now that says, I'm raising my hand. I'm saying yes to Jesus. Would you be so bold as to click that right now? It just lets all of us that are here in this online campus know that somebody today is making a commitment. So be bold, do it now, say yes to Jesus, raise your hand, and here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna pray this prayer, and I want you to repeat the words after me and just know that it's not about the words, it's about your heart, that if faith is rising up inside of you and you truly believe that Jesus is Lord, that he died on the cross, rose from the grave, then you'll be saved. You'll be, your life will be transformed. So here we go, let's pray together. To Jesus, I need you. Step into my life. I accept your invitation to be Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins and make me brand new. Show me how to live out this life for you. Fill me with your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now the Bible says if you prayed that prayer today that all of heaven is literally having a party, a celebration. If you think New Year's Eve is a big celebration, there is a bigger celebration happening in heaven right now over your decisions. What it says in the Bible, 
over your decision to repent, to turn to God today. So look, we celebrate that with you as well. And here's my request for you. If you raised your hand, said yes, would you click on the connection card up here? Would you click that spot? Give us your information, opportunity to connect with you. We wanna help you on your spiritual journey because you're not meant to do this alone. We wanna make sure that you, ha- you understand what a Bible is, where to read in it, because man, if you start from the beginning, it might be a little confusing. We wanna introduce you to Jesus. We wanna get you connected to people in a group so that you can grow spiritually. We just wanna be part of your spiritual journey. And even if you're not in our community, you're not in Reynoldsburg, Ohio, or one of the surrounding cities, it would be impossible for you to get here. We'd love to help you find a church right where you are. So would you please click on the connect card, tell us, I said yes to Jesus today, and we would love to share with you what your next steps are and what your journey can be. Amen, everybody. Awesome. What an incredible day. I'm so glad that you're all here with us. Let me share a few things with you first. Uh, If you are ready to give, if God is speaking to your heart, there are give opportunities here. You can click the give link up here. You'll also see on the screen if you want to mail in a check or you'd like to text to give, uh, you can text any dollar amount to 84321. 84321. It's a great option to use. I use it personally uh, to give, and I I love just putting in the dollar amount and hitting text, and then I worship God and say, thank you for all you've given me. But you have that opportunity too. Remember, we're not asking you for a dime. We're just asking you to trust God with what he's leading you to give. So thank you for being faithful in your offerings and your tithes. Uh, We appreciate you taking the opportunity to do that, especially in this uncertain environment. You are trusting a certain God with your finances, and we, we value that and appreciate that in you. A couple things you need to know. Remember, next Sunday, May 10th, we're going to three services, 10 a.m., 12 p.m., and 6 p.m., all in the Eastern time zone. So make sure that you mark your calendars. Make sure that you share that with anybody that you've invited. Next Sunday, we'll do that. Also know this, that Grow Groups, uh, we are in our last week of Grow Groups. They're ending Uh, but new groups are gonna start. We're gonna break our normal rhythm. Normally we wouldn't start again until June, but since we're in the middle of this pandemic and groups are so important to us, they're part of our life right now and our connection to the body and to each other. So groups will launch again on May 17th. That means that you've got this week and next week to let us know that you would like to lead a group. So here's what you do. There's a link that's being posted in the chat box right now. Links are being shared on our social media or wherever you're watching this. You should be able to find a link to say, hey, I wanna lead a group. Even if you just go to our website right now at mysimple.church or attendchurch.online, you will be able to find a link for you to choose to be a leader and lead a group for us this season. We would love for you to do that. Uh, And so you can do that. Um, You'll be able to see all the groups by May 10th. So that's next Sunday. So take an opportunity right now. Click on that link. I want to lead a group and we will let you lead a virtual uh, grow group. So uh, do that. And also we're starting this week. We actually started it on, on Wednesday of this past week. We are doing a grocery drive for the Dream Center. What that means is is that we're, we're taking on uh, Thursday, this Thursday coming up, Uh, From 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., we're doing a drive-by grocery drop-off. You drive by my house and drop off groceries. And uh, there's a grocery list that exists on our Facebook, and and you can find that on all our social media. But we're looking like canned meats, cereals, uh, canned vegetables, hearty soups, pastas, mac and cheese, peanut butter, and jelly. Actually, I think that's the full list. I did a lot from memory. Wow. Uh, Those are the things you you can shop for and drop off or you can choose to click to donate. So if you click the give link up here, it'll take you to a screen. You need to change the drop-down box to Missions 2020. And every dollar given from this past Wednesday to this next Thursday, that's May 7th, uh, will all 100% 
go to the Dream Center to help them purchase groceries because, man, they are supporting so many communities that are hurting right now. This is a massive opportunity for us to show the world that we are still the church and we are still on mission. So pray about how God would have you be involved, whether it's to donate actual grocery products or to give. Know this, that $5 feeds of one person, but $20 feeds a family of four. So just know that's what the breakdown is. Pray about what God would have you do, how many individuals or how many families God would have you support this week. Make a donation and give to that. And again, we're just asking you to pray about it. Listen, we love you guys. We're so thankful that you're here today. God bless you. We'll see you back here online at our online campus of Simple Church next week.